As you take your seats, if you take out your Bibles, well, it is so good to be here. Uh, last night, about uh, roughly 7.45 or so, uh, I was coming back from Nicaragua. So yesterday morning at this time, uh, I was about 3,000 miles from here uh, at a worship service with about 300 or so of our new family in Nicaragua. And as the Lord worked there in that conference, it was such a beautiful picture of the commitment that I believe the Lord would want to speak into our lives as we prepare our hearts for the communion table. And I want to be really careful. I'm going to show you a video clip about a minute. But I, I can't give you all the details in the video So let me give them to you before you watch it. It's about 92 degrees. It's about 95% humidity. Not very far from the equator. Uh, It's less than a block from the burning city dump. And it is amazing what the Lord did. And so if we could roll the video. Here's why this is important. Because represented in that crowd, which grows throughout the day, were about 10 different denominations. Um, Many of the people that were attending had traveled for more than a day just to get there. It was a dirt floor. We had guinea hens. We had iguanas wandering through the, the middle of the service couple of gunshots in the middle of the day. We just had all these things going on around and about. But on Friday and yesterday, for ten and a half hours each day, it was like that. People who have nothing, people that when they leave there, they're going back to a a very meager existence. But the one thing that they do have is the joy of the Lord. Amen. It's about the gospel. It it is about commitment. And I want to share one story with you about one man. His name is Ricardo. And I spent some time with them on Friday and then again right before I left. And as we were parting ways, I, I was already wet from sweating. But he's weeping on me just 
thanking me for coming and couldn't understand for the life of him why, you know, we would leave Southern California in all of its glory and splendor and and go to Grenada, Nicaragua, some 3,000 miles from here. But he wanted to share a little bit of his story because what we believe God has called us to do, because we're all in ministry, is to both equip and encourage. And as I'm sharing with them, he, he said, I've been in ministry for almost 50 years. And I was just like, I was stunned because I looked at it and I honestly didn't even believe he was 50 years old. But he was closer to 80. The Lord got a hold of his heart when he was very young. And he said, God called me into ministry and he says, I pastor a church. And I said, oh, well, tell me about the church that you pastor. And he says, well, on Sunday, I get up and I first go to the church in my own hometown. And he says, and then I walk about two hours and I pastor another church in a nearby town. And I walk about an hour and a half and I pastor the church in another little town. And then I walk about a half hour and I pastor another church in another little town. And he, he, with this huge grin on his face, and he said, and God has so blessed me. And, and I asked him, I said, well, you know, how, how, do you, how are you supported? He said, oh, the Lord takes care of us. And he says, sometimes I get chickens, and sometimes I get eggs, and sometimes I get fruit, and sometimes I get some plantains, and sometimes I, they invite me in for a meal. And he says, not one day of my life has God ever forsaken me or my family. Not one day. I don't want to beat anybody up. But do you have that kind of commitment? I had to ask myself that question. I had to ask myself that question. Am I as committed to the Lord as the Lord is committed to me? Just two verses this morning. Chapter 3 here in 1 Thessalonians. And therefore, when we could no longer endure it, when it became unbearable that the family in Thessalonica was suffering, when Paul got the news that the people in Thessalonica that were his brothers and sisters in the Lord were suffering, I want you to see the response of the Apostle Paul. Now remind yourself, the Apostle Paul was beaten, shipwrecked, thrown out of cities, writes often from prison, wrote four letters from a jail cell. He didn't exactly have the wonderful life. But as he writes this letter, he's, we could no longer endure the fact that you were suffering, that they were hurting, that someone else was not doing well in the faith, we thought it good to be left in Athens alone. 
So I'm going to send you the most precious thing I have. My co-laborer. And sent Timothy, our brother, and minister of God, and our yoke fellow, our fellow laborer. It, it literally gives a picture of the, the other oxen that's yoked to Paul. The one that's helping him pull the load. Paul's saying, look, I'm willing to take the other person that's carrying half of the load that God's given to me. I'm willing to let go of that person and I'll go it alone. I'll let the other side of that yoke drag in the dirt if necessary for you. That's commitment. My fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ, and remember as we've already said, Every person in this room, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are in the ministry. You've been called by God to go into all the world and make disciples. The first step of which is leading people to faith in Christ, and so our goal this year is for each one to win one. You see, you are in ministry, and this is for us. This isn't just for pastors. This this isn't just for me. This isn't just for our pastoral staff. This is all of us need to think this way. Are we as committed to the cause of the gospel, to the furtherance of the kingdom, as our Lord and Savior was when he went to Calvary's cross? Like Ricardo was and is. As he traveled back, he left yesterday late in the afternoon on a bus to make it back so that he could do that same circuit right now. That 16-hour day that is his Sunday. Same dirt roads. Same little fellowships. Limited amounts of fruit from a human perspective. But I'll tell you what, maybe poor here. He's going to be rich there. He's going to be rich there. That's commitment. And he gives us a couple of little windows. And I want to just simply ask you right now to begin to prepare your hearts to receive the elements of communion because this is the, this is the message that I believe the Lord has for us as we approach the table. He gives us two goals, to establish and to encourage you concerning your faith. You see, you and I, we in ministry have the same goals. To establish means to put on a firm foundation. It means to be so concerned for the well-being of others and their place in the kingdom and how they're doing as to take and put your own self last to take the tough path to look after sheep. And it was to that end that Paul took the hard road He says, look, I'll stay here in the middle of these intellectual Greeks. I'll stay here where the ground is horribly hard. I'll take the hard road. If me taking the hard road benefits you in Thessalonica, then I'll do it. Can you honestly answer today that you're willing to take the hard road for the cause of Christ? Because Jesus took the hard road for you. What would you have done on the night that you were betrayed? 
If you knew disaster was coming tomorrow, maybe you had a word and someone said to you that you're going to be driving down the freeway and a car's going to jump the center divide and it's going to hit you head on. But through it, great things are going to happen. Would you have continued to take that path? Would would you take the hard road knowing the end of it? You see, the Apostle Paul was willing to take the hard road, family. Are we willing to take the hard road? That is my question for all of us, myself included. I don't preach to you. I teach to us all this morning. I'm asking myself the same question. You see, Timothy represented the A-team. And he represented the number one member of the A-team. He was the best of the best as far as Paul was concerned. Paul was saying, I'm willing to give up my, my very best helper. The one who, who absolutely makes my life easier if it means that your life will be made easier. Can you say that? Can you before the Lord say that? That that's how you approach life. Lord, please give me the hard road to make someone else's easier. Lord, give me the hard thing and let someone else's burden be made light. He was willing to forego his own personal needs for the needs of others. And by the way, that's what all good shepherds do. That's what Christ has done for us. It's called looking after. It's called taking care of sheep. The ground there was muy duro, super hard. But he was willing to go the hard road. And that hard road is tough for us because it's the road of self-denial. And it's the road of letting go. I think many Christians are held back from walking the hard road because they won't let go of the stuff. Now probably most of you don't really actually want to travel with me because I'm kind of crazy when I travel. When I left on Wednesday, I had a backpack, that's it. So ladies, no blow dryer, no curling iron, no makeup bag, clean underwear, necessity, you know, you want to be presentable. But you got to let go of the burden of dragging around all the stuff that you normally need if you want to travel light and fast. You want to get to a lot of places in a short period of time. You want to reach as many as you can. You need to deny yourself that extra pair of shoes. Metaphorically, of course. You need to say, you know, I'm willing to go without the normal comforts. I'm willing to lay aside the things that I normally really enjoy. For the sake of others. You see, often people 
unlike my new brother, Ricardo, see, very often people look at those ministry opportunities as a way to become known instead of a way to make him known, Jesus known. Never in the mind of any pastor ever should be fame, ever should be fortune, ever should be I've arrived. Because we're here for one reason, and that is to make him known. It's not about men. It's about the Savior. The Apostle Paul said, look, I I want to lay that foundation. I want to establish that. And then I want to encourage you concerning your faith. How many people are so desperately in need of encouragement today, and yet they never receive it because we're all too busy taking care of ourselves, meeting our own needs? And while there's nothing inherently wrong with doing what is right and necessary for yourself, I think sometimes we, we, we almost forget that we've been called to serve others. To consider other people's needs even above our own. That's the only reason that Paul could say, I count not my own life dear. I'm willing to set aside whatever is necessary to take care of you. And to that end, Paul gives Timothy three beautiful accolades. And there are things that we should be able to say about ourselves and about those that we disciple. First, he was a brother. Man, I'm thinking about my day yesterday. I almost, I kind of had a little rough time getting to the airport because number one, they wouldn't let me go. I said goodbye like 10 different times with groups of 10 or 15 people because they were family. In just a couple of days, we became family. Almost like real family. And then we get in the car and it's just myself and another guy Eric from Pennsylvania and he was just traveling because he was family he didn't even have to go to the airport he just wanted to fellowship with family while we're driving the airport well we got to fellowshipping a little too hard and Francisco did not quite see the radar gun and so there was a little bit of this muy corrupto No bueno por nada. <laughs> and so we pull over, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, ooh, this is going to be tight. But because it was family, we're laughing and joking. Ended up being totally fine. And when the police officer found out that I was a pastor, he was like, oh. 
like, don't mess with the man of God, you know. <laughs> Let us go. We're brothers and sisters in the Lord. Now, here's the cool thing. God desires that all men become brothers and sisters in the Lord. In other words, grow our family. And so everywhere you go is an opportunity to bring more people into the family and to have that kind of fellowship, that kind of camaraderie. Timothy was a brother, and Paul was sending his brother to minister to other brothers and sisters in Thessalonica. So he wasn't losing family. He was growing the family. A second thing, and family, this is monumentally important for us. Timothy was not Paul's minister. He was God's minister. He was a tool in God's toolbox. He wasn't Paul's servant. He wasn't there for Paul's benefit. He was there for the benefit of the kingdom. And to that point, he had been serving the apostle Paul. But the moment God said, you need to go back to Thessalonica, he said, okay, I'm going to please God. And I'm going to serve God. And the apostle Paul, because they were both on the same wavelength, the apostle Paul said, amen. And thirdly, as we draw our attention to the table that's before us, I'm going to have the communion team come forward. And they're going to begin by passing out the bread first and then the cup. And I'm going to encourage you, this is a believer's supper. It represents the body and the blood of Christ. It is not for those who do not know the Lord. So if you're here and you've never invited Christ into your life, if you want to join us, simply invite Jesus Christ into your life before you partake. Ask him to forgive your sin, to cleanse you from unrighteousness, and to write his name and your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Do that before you take communion. But as the communion team comes... Think on this. Paul calls Timothy a fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ. Doesn't call him a fellow laborer in a ministry style or as part of an organization or an association or an affiliation. He says you are a fellow laborer in the gospel. And I love that. Because you see, that will unify all of us to the same cause. Because there's only one gospel. There's only one cross. There is only one name under heaven and is only one name under heaven whereby men, women, humankind can be saved. You, you see, there is no other way. So there's only one gospel. We are laborers in that gospel. And as the team comes forward, you see, a fellow laborer is someone who labors in the same thing. Amen? Not another thing, the same thing. We labor together in the same thing. You're in the ministry. 
I'm in the ministry. We're in the ministry of spreading the gospel. That means bringing people to Christ and then strengthening their foundation to equip them and then to encourage them in growing in their relationship with the Lord. It's very simple. It's not complex. And so to that end, Paul could say, are you fully committed to the gospel? To that which really matters? And as you hold the elements, first the bread and then you'll receive the cup, I would invite you to be prayerful as we worship. And ask God to show you areas of your life where you're not committed to the gospel. And if you have areas that you are committed, ask him to increase your commitment. To grow you in your faith. To challenge you. Because while we're here, we're all in this together. And the better we are individually at being messengers of the gospel, the better we will be corporately as ministers of the gospel. And the more effectively we share the gospel, the sooner we can get to the end of the gospel age and the sooner we can go home to be with our king.